0: You are the master of your reality. This is even more true in relation to the government. Democracy doesn't just happen. It takes participation. Governments need participation and feedback from their citizens. Join Rob Hutchinson for Dear Parliament, where you get to understand the issues and engage directly with government. Dear Parliament is every Wednesday at midday, only on 101.9 High FM.
1: Hello, welcome back to one oh one point nine Hi FM. I'm Rob Hutchinson and we're we're chatting today about South Africa's energy mix. What is the optimal approach? Where is it stable? Where is it not stable? Why are we still seeing load shedding? And on the line with us, we have an, a rather un- understated South African energy industry specialist um, by the name of Des Muller. Des has been involved in the energy industry for well over 30 years and is currently involved in uh, the establishment and qualification of a new nuclear construction capability for South Africa's new nuclear build and, interesting enough, KuBerg's Life Extension Programme. Good afternoon, Des, I trust you are well.
0: Good afternoon, Rob, and uh, thank you for inviting me to the show.
1: Absolute pleasure to have you on. Des, there's been a lot of talk about ESCOM's uh, recent activities with load shedding and um, the minister's seems to be Mr's determination to include nuclear in, in the mix. In fact, he's been talking about um, extending the lifespan of, of it, of the Kuburg power station down in, in, in the Cape for another another 20 years at a cost of 20 billion rand. Naturally, there's been a lot of uh, concern from environmentalist groups around this. There's been a lot of rumors around the stability and life cycle of Kuberg, which has been running for about 40 years and, um, rumors around a, a cracks in foundations and, and why are we spending money on, on this aging, uh, beast as, as it would be. So I think let's perhaps start off as, um, why do we want to include energy or oh, nuclear energy in South Africa's energy mix? Is what is the optimal the optimal goal in in the energy mix?
0: Yeah, look, um, if you just look at it from a uh, energy management portfolio, and um, this is really talking to NESA, who needs to ensure that our energy uh, system or uh, our energy supply industry provides sustainable growth in our economy, um, and uh, we haven't had that over the last decade. And um, the reason being is that uh, the planning, um, the execution of various projects um, have been delayed, um, and we haven't really provided the energy systems onto the grid that would basically address energy security. We've been looking at other areas, Environmental sustainability, I think it's a very important issue for South Africans to look at. Um, Unfortunately, that does come at a cost to to energy security. And um, nuclear energy tends to provide really all the things that we are looking for. It provides energy security um, because it's always on. It uh, provides power 90% of the time or 90% of the year. Um, over that, um, it provides uh, access to affordable electricity, Cuba being the cheapest supply of electricity in the country at the moment and has been for the last 20 years and will be for another 20 years. Um, and uh, it is probably um, the biggest contributor to um, environmental sustainability, which talks to the climate change initiatives that we are looking at in South Africa to clean up our uh, air quality and uh, to also reduce our carbon dioxide footprint in South Africa. So it's a big play. It's a big contributor. And uh, Kuberg has basically demonstrated it over the last 37 years and uh, will continue to do so for some time in the future.
1: Oh, that's, that's actually been fantastic to hear. Yeah, it, it's it 's refreshing to hear a, a different side of of nuclear we 're always we're reminded of of the horrors and of the meltdowns that, that have occurred in in the past although um when we compare it to the the horrors of other energy production sources it it doesn 't seem to be bad but horrors horrors nonetheless you mentioned um the, uh, or you, you alluded to, to a, a base load, load requirement in, you know, stating that nuclear is always on. How, how important is that in a, in a, in an energy mix? We have, um, wind and solar, which, although might seem attractive once you get, get down into the details, they are only, uh, I, I don't know the figures. I think it was wind is about 17% efficiency. And solar around about thirty percent um, often people don 't put those those uh, factors in into the mix, and especially on the environmental side they they just want a full uh, wind and solar with with nothing else um, the always on aspect of 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 nuclear in in requiring a baseload is is that important in going going forward?
0: Yeah, you know, looking at it from an African perspective, really people just want electricity. Uh, they want electricity at the hands, they also want reliable electricity. I think South Africa is really um, understands what it means to not have a reliable electricity and and it's been going on for a decade. It'll probably go on for another decade um, because to Correct this with um, good baseload power is, is a major challenge, and it's not an overnight solution. Um, so I think um, if you do a national survey, the most important issue around electricity supply is going to be reliability. Um, you know, people don't really want to know where it comes from and how clean it is, and, and uh, it's, it's got to be reliable, and it's also got to be affordable um, to to South Africans. Um, then you've got a very good system. Then later on you can start looking at how clean it is and, and uh, stuff like that. And nuclear ticks off those boxes as well. And so does uh, renewables. Renewables is a clean energy source. It has a very good purpose and a good intention. Unfortunately it comes with intimacy, um and uh, unreliability. And uh, there's a lot of work is going around it um, to try and make it a little bit more reliable um, looking at batteries and so forth. Um, but it does come at a cost and eventually you're going to have a very good reliable renewable source but at a massive cost and that is going to be unaffordable. And uh, one's got to look at um, you know a proper energy mix and in South Africa, and I think you alluded to it earlier, Rob is what is the ideal energy mix for South Africa? There isn't a single technology that can say, right, we can take it all away, you know. Um, It's going to be a very balanced combination of different energy sources. We have a tremendous amount of opportunity here in South Africa because we are an industrialized country. Um, We can provide coal, cleaner coal, clean up our coal stations. Um, We can also look at providing hydro to a certain degree and gas. To power is also a very good opportunity, especially with the gas fines um, in our neighbouring country in Mozambique. You know, when that does come to fruition, you'll see a gas economy happening every year. And, uh, of course, uh, nuclear energy, which does provide an all-round solution that deals with um, environmental sustainability, um, Mm -hmm. access to affordability and... uh, and also the energy security. And the nice thing about it is that what needs to factor in is how many jobs get created. It doesn't help having a fully imported technology coming into South Africa and leaving very few jobs and made basically, um, you know, um, not so many meaningful jobs um, for our local industry. And that's essentially a very important component of. Um, of energy systems in South Africa that we are looking at is mm-hmm. how does it change the economy not only from energy the security but also from how I many jobs does it create
1: for the industry. Mm, definitely. Jobs is always a, a concern, most notably for incoming and perhaps outgoing political parties and the promises that they always seem to provide <laughs> or put forward. Yeah. You, know, you touched on a, a very important point there, that there's, there's no single solution to to this. No one technology can can provide the the only way forward, which is often what these... Um, environmental lobby groups and other energy lobby groups seem to overlook. They always try to push their, their, their solution or their technology as the one and only solution. But, um, we have to take into account the pros and cons, the strengths and weaknesses of each solution. The renewables is, is obvious. When the sun doesn't shine, you don't, you don't have electricity. And when the wind doesn't blow, you don't have electricity. And that's down to storage of of that energy, which I think is a hurdle which we we won't truly ever overcome on large scale productions. For for home use, uh, solar and perhaps wind, they they work fantastically well. But when you're looking at large scale energy production, I don't believe they are the way to go as a holistic solution. But as part of it, most most definitely. You also chatted about um, the cost there. Is nuclear truly the cheapest?
0: Let me just have a um, a quick chat around um, a, a earlier discussion that we had around Kuburg um, before we get on to that question that you've just posed there. Um, mm. the refurbishment of Kuburg and the lifetime extension of Kuburg, and it also talks to the, the cost as well. And um, kuberg has uh, basically been running power for the Western Cape. It's been providing probably 50%, 60% of the Western Cape's power for um, the last 37, 38 years. Um, by the way, the spent fuel or the waste that it has produced up to now is still inside Kuburg in the pools uh, for the storage of the waste, and it will fit onto half a tennis court if you look at the size of it, and probably about four meters high. Um, so it's a tre- not a tremendous amount of waste. That is actually and that's generated- over 40 years? That's after 40 years. The waste that's will amazing. put onto half a tennis court. And um, so it has a low consumption of fuel, a very low consumption of fuel. One kind of looks at um, the fuel usage uh, per capita, say, for example, an individual uh, the entire energy consumption that an ind- individual would use in an entire lifetime will fit into probably a small can worth of uranium. So <laughs> it is a small amount of fuel that uh, the nuclear power plants use. And that's why when you have basically um, amortized all the cost and you've paid for the capital cost of the build program, you have got very low operating costs. And that's why Nuclear power plants like Kuberg uh, provides the cheapest um, electricity in the industry because of the low operating costs, because of the low amount of fuel that it uses. Now, Kuberg is going through an uh, life uh, extension program, and um, Kuberg or Eskom needs to provide a safety case to the national nuclear regulator to say, can you give us the license to continue operating the plant beyond its design life, which was 40 years. And we're looking at extending the design life to 60 years. And um, to do that, ESKIM has got to go through a number of refurbishments on the plant just to make sure that the plant is good to go for another uh, 20 years. And uh, the steam generator replacement program, which we've heard about um, in the media, is one of those projects it is about a five billion rand project i think there's you were mentioning um, a total of 20 billion rand i'm Mm -hmm. not too sure about those figures but there are a tremendous amount of projects that employ local south african companies to perform those um, upgrades and um, it's also open to international companies who have the qualifications and experience to do that um, to help with the refurbishment and the upgrades of um Kubert. Kuber today operates very safely. Uh, cracks in foundations, um I, you, you you're correct in saying that it is is rumoured. And that is not the case. Um and um you know any various Eskim has obviously got to go through various remedial work, repairs, um the plant is exposed to um, very corrosive conditions on the coast as well, exceptionally high corrosion, and uh, concrete structures and metal structures all get eroded away. And this is something that ESK monitors on a a daily basis and does the remedial work. So Mm. I'm not of any opinion that the superstructures or the infrastructure at Kuberg is exposed to any form of risk. The amount of safety systems between the nuclear fuel in the reactor and the man in the street is unbelievable. This is called defense in depth. And the chances of anything failing and failing and failing and failing all at the same time is so remote. And if one understands the safety case of, of a nuclear plant and the defense in depth that goes into the design and construction of these nuclear plants, uh, one will feel a lot better and safer around them, you know? Um Absolutely. Just to wrap up the, um, the cost question on nuclear, why is it um, probably mm-hmm. the cheapest form of electricity? Um, it, is, um, it is known out there that nuclear power plants do cost a lot more to build than anything else. You, you don't want a cheap nuclear power station, I can promise you. Um, <laughs> you want something that has been properly designed, engineered, manufactured with the right materials, and um, installed so that it can basically provide the level of safety um, in the operations of that plant. Now, you would probably find that a nuclear power station would cost probably three times more than, say, for example, a wind farm. Okay, But it lasts for three times um, the, the life. So a wind farm would last for, say, 20 years. A nuclear power plant lasts for 80 years, Mm -hmm. so you're already looking at a four-times life extension. You're also Mm -hmm. getting about four times the amount of power produced from that nuclear power plant compared to other technologies like wind or solar, you know? So you've got a huge amount of production. You've got a very long lifetime, and understandably it should be a lot more expensive to build than anything else that lasts for 20 years, so renewables should be cheaper than nuclear because they last long. They last um, a lot less um, for a period of 20 years, and they produce a fraction of the power. So they should be understandably uh, cheaper solutions. Um, the nuclear plants, when you've basically gone through the build program, you start paying off the assets. So. A nuclear power plant is not going to be built by Eskom the way we built Nudupi and Kusile. It's going to be built by an experienced um, mm. EPC contractor, international company that will come out here, work with the local industry and optimize the localization. And um, it will be built by an experienced team that has built several of these plants elsewhere. Okay. Mm. And that's where you reduce the risk on cost overruns and time overruns and things like that. We are not building the first-of-a-kind like we've seen elsewhere in the world. So the cost of a nuclear build in South Africa would be um, reduced quite significantly. And um, once these things get built, you then go through a period. They get financed by the nuclear vendor through export credit funding. Um, so it's not that Eskom has got to take a lot of money out of um, its balance sheet to, to build this. It comes with a funding package like IPPs do fund the renewable power plants. We've got a similar funding package at a very low interest rate, probably below 5% um, in South oh. Africa. And then once um, the asset has been paid off over the next 15 to 20 years, that's when Eskom's um, nuclear power plants come into the mode of producing the cheapest power during the first 20 years, you would probably find it at grid parity, typically where ESM um, trades power at the moment. Um, but as soon as you've basically paid off the asset, then it comes to around about a third, if not a quarter of ESM's tariff. And that's what you've sure. got for another 60 years. You've got uh, the cheapest power on the grid, you know, and that's the total yeah. life cycle cost that one has
1: got to look at. That really sounds, sounds, sounds quite attractive to, to South Africa and the taxpayers who in a, in a definitely a struggling, struggling economy. Um, South Africa seems to be in a quite a unique position as well where we have a paid off nuclear power station. So perhaps we should chat, chat a bit more about that after the break. Hold on as we chat-chat after the break about nuclear power and is it the correct solution for South Africa. Now, at this time of our freedom, Diskem Pharmacies wishes you and your loved ones a pesak Keshe Vasameyak. Diskem Pharmacies, pharmacists who care. Stay with us as we come back to chat about nuclear after the break.
0: You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson. Because democracy doesn't just happen.
1: Welcome back to 1.9 High FM. I'm Rob Hutchinson and I'm chatting with Des Muller, an energy expert who is involved in the establishment and qualification of a nuclear construction capability for South Africa's new and Kuburg's life extension programs. Des, before the break, we were chatting about the uh, viability and the cost-effectiveness of of nuclear energy, and especially around uh, Kuburg, which is a power station, which is the assets have to have been paid off. Des, are there... Um, you mentioned earlier on about the hurdles in legislation between NERSA and the national nuclear regulator. What are the problems that that they might be facing there? Are there anything? Is there anything South Africans should be worried about?
0: It's a good question. Um, let me just put that in perspective. Um, you've got the national energy regulator, which is NERSA. and NERSA basically ensures that. Our economy has a sustainable electrical supply industry and um, sufficient power is procured at the right time to make sure that um, the lights stay on in the country. And that's Nurses' responsibility, no matter what power it is, whether it's coal, gas, renewables, hydro, or even nuclear energy. And they've got to basically look at that uh, system and then approve the um, procurement of, of uh, various technologies. As, as the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy, they basically request that through the integrated resource planning, the IRP that they've got, and they produce an update of this every year or so. Um, they say, okay, fine, we want to build this between now and 2030. Um, NURSA then Provides the approval to go ahead and do that, and to ensure that the energy systems are sustained. And up to date, we've had um, a number of challenges um, with that with that system. And I can appreciate the uh, situation, Nurse is in. The world has changed since it was Nurse and Eskom that basically provided the electricity generation for South Africa. And I'm going back to the 20th century. Um, in the 21st century, the dynamics has changed quite a lot. We've got a lot more players in the market. We've got uh, the DMR coming involved with the planning um, and prescribing to ask them what to build. We've got the introduction of uh, IPPs in the mix, and uh, we're also looking at distributed um, power generation or embedded power generation where companies can produce their own power. So It's become a very complex electricity supply industry for NERSA to regulate effectively, um, and tremendous amount of confusion and chaos has been generated in that industry over the last decade. You know, which basically falls out into the situation that we have today. And NERSA is is definitely engaging industry stakeholders to see how we can change, this, how we can improve and um, correct the, the challenges that we have today. And, and I, I welcome that approach from this, from this, uh, um to to um, see how we can actually rectify this and get our electricity supply industry back in shape, you know, and not resort from one emergency plan to the next plan, and that's crisis management. Um, we've got to get out of crisis management. We've been in it for more than a decade, and we need to move out of it. So that is MRSA, and that's, that's the responsibilities and the challenges that they are dealing with um, at the moment in the energy sector. Um, the National Nuclear Regulator is, um, presides over any form of nuclear activity. So we've got a nuclear power station in Cape Town, which has been there since 1984, and we also have... a um, a nuclear research reactor at NEXA, which is in Philandava, which has been there since 1965. So we are early guys. We've been one of the pioneers in the nuclear industry in South Africa. So our national nuclear regulator has been around since then and presiding over the safe operation and maintenance of these um, infrastructures Including, you know, the um, process of building new uh, assets in South Africa. They obviously look at it and uh, they have to license the technology and the approach to expand um, a portfolio in South Africa. Um, if you're looking at a nuclear build program in South Africa, you probably find your quickest and most effective way is just extending Kuberg. Um, putting additional two units next to Kuiburg, and that obviously will be under the auspices of the National Nuclear Regulator to ensure that the expansion is done correctly and safely. Um, with regards to public consultation processes and making sure that um, proper due diligence, environmental impact studies are done. Those have been done. Mm-hmm. Um, they just need to obviously be um, uh, vetted by our government. So the National Nuclear Regulator provides over every nuclear activity in South Africa to make sure that it is done correctly according to international best practices and standards. And they're doing a fantastic job at, at that, um, you know, with the um, engagement with uh, NEXA um, as well as the engagement with Eskom on QBIRS.
1: That's that's really encouraging to to actually hear that our government is actively involved, and also that um, public participation is an important part of Absolutely. of the process going forward. Yeah, with with the, with the environmental groups too. And well, it's a fascinating topic, Des, which I'm sure we could devote another hour to, and perhaps we should but at at a later stage. We've revealed some rather unknown. Uh, reassuring, uh, ex- uh, facts about, about nuclear, its safety, its cost and, and so on. And I think the, the public and listeners would, would love to hear more about that in, in a, in a future uh, conversation. Des Muller, energy expert on nuclear. Thank you so much for, for uh, joining me on this show and revealing such fantastic information. Um, it was certainly an honor to have you on.
0: Thanks, Rob, and thank you again for the opportunity.